Who's at the C-Suite's level And we're coming your way To share our stories and leadership So we walk in the walk, talking the talk Being the boss lady Welcome to the C-Suite Where we help build women leadership And how to be the boss lady Yes, the welcome everyone to She Sweets Podcast with yours truly, Jody Hood. It's a place where women see sweet executives share and compare unfiltered realities that women face that our male counterparts just don't face. We laugh, we cry, we thrive, and we survive. Now, after my series on menopause can cause pause, I got an overwhelming response from women who were actually going through menopause. And of course, there were a ton of questions and many of them were for uh, Dr. Mackey who has done groundbreaking research in this area. So I am beyond happy today to have Dr. Mackey as my guest. Welcome, Dr. Mackey. Oh, thank you so much, Jody. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so let me tell you just a little bit about Dr. Backey. She is the professor of psychiatry, psychology, and OB-GYN. She's an associate dean for faculty affairs at the University of Illinois at Chicago. She also serves as senior director of research at UIC Center for Research on Women and Gender. Dr. Mackey received her PhD from the University of Minnesota and postdoctoral training at the John Hopkins University School of Medicine and the National Institute on Aging. For the past 25 years, she has led a program of NIH-funded research on women, cognition, and dementia with a particular focus on menopause. Now, as I said, from this groundbreaking research and from my prior podcast, there were a plethora of questions, but I have narrowed them down to five and I'm calling them the five what's. So my first question for Dr. Mackey is, could you please recap for my listeners what menopause is? What can a woman expect before, during, and after menopause. Yes, thanks. And thanks for the opportunity to discuss this topic because we know that women don't get a lot of information on this. They don't get the menopause talk the way they get the period talk. So it's good that you and I get a chance to talk about this and share these ideas with your audience. So menopause is a naturally occurring event. It happens to all women who live into late life. And I will say importantly from the very beginning, just like women's experience of pregnancy and their menstrual cycles differ, like one woman can be very much affected at the end of her menstrual cycle and another woman doesn't even know when her period is going to be coming, right? Menopause is like that. Um, It's a different experience for different women. So there's no one menopause experience right? Mm -hmm. So my menopause isn't your menopause. So I I say that because what happens to the body is pretty universal, but our reaction to it differs, just like menstrual cycles happen in women, but a woman's reaction to those fluctuations and hormones can differ. So what Mm -hmm. is menopause? 
menopause is the natural cessation or stopping of menstrual cycles that occurs when the ovary ages Mm -hmm. and it starts to shut down. And a woman becomes, if you will, menopausal or what we call postmenopausal when she has gone 12 months without a period. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's the postmenopause. And, um, what women don't appreciate is the time period before then, which is called the perimenopause. So this is the time in a woman's life where her ovaries are shutting down, but they haven't quite shut down yet. So what is that experience like? Well, the first stage of menopause, what we call early perimenopause, is the time when a woman's cycles begin to change in terms of their regularity. Mm-hmm. So what do we mean by regularity? Let's say that I got my period every 28 days since, you know, for the last many, many years. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, instead of coming 28 days after the last one, it comes 13 days after my last period. And then the next month it comes, oh, 35 days later. So the regularity of those cycles gives you a sense that something's happening here. My ovaries are shutting down. Right. That's the early early perimenopause. Then there's the late perimenopause when, oops, all of a sudden a woman says, oh, I didn't get my period last month. I went a whole month without my period. That's the late perimenopause. And that means that the ovaries, if you will, are aging even more. And then suddenly you skip so many periods that you go 12 months without a period and you become postmenopausal. So what's happening in a woman's body during that time? Well, the ovaries are what produce, they're the primary source of estrogen in the body. And we know that, you know, the estrogen is released in menstrual cycles in a very characteristic way, spikes at ovulation, and then it goes down, and then it increases somewhat before going down again. So our bodies are used to this nice rhythm of estrogen and this nice rhythm of progesterone at the same time. Well, when the ovaries shut down, that beautiful rhythm that's characterized for many of us, some women don't have that. For example, if they have PCOS, they won't have that beautiful, you know, regular rhythm. But for many women, the majority of women, um, that changes. And Mm -hmm. in the, if you will, the estrogen doesn't know what to do and the progesterone doesn't know what to do because the brain's not signaling the ovary and the ovary doesn't know how to respond. So sometimes in menopause, women get these really big spikes in estrogen, big, big spikes. And then Mm -hmm. sometimes they're really low. And what this creates is a change in the woman's brain that leads to things like hot flashes, that Mm -hmm. leads to irritability, um, that can lead to cognitive difficulties. So it's that lack of a coordinated, if you will, brain ovary regulation as the ovaries are shutting down that leads to these symptoms of menopause. I see. Now, you talked about cognition a little bit. So your research has some very serious findings on the correlation between the hot flashes and cognition. Can you please just uh, elaborate on that just a little bit? Sure. So the primary symptom, the cardinal or hallmark symptom of menopause is the hot flash. So many women know what they are, but in case they don't know, it's this sudden increase in heat that often starts in the upper chest, sometimes in the back, works its way up through the neck to the face. 
and it lasts a short time and then it dissipates and then some women get cold. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's the hallmark symptom of the menopause. And people, including researchers and physicians, used to think, oh, this is a pretty benign symptom. It's very common. 80% of women have it during the menopause transition. Women will experience this for a few years and they should just kind of tolerate it and they'll get over it. Well, we now know that on average, hot flashes last 7.6 years. If you're it's a black a woman, <laughs> yeah, but it, and if you're a black woman, it's 10 years. So there are racial and ethnic differences in that. So that's the average. 10 years is average. So what does that mean, Jody? It means that 50% of black women have hot flashes for more than 10 years. That's amazing. So are these benign? I don't think so. So why don't I think that hot flashes are benign? Well, because our research tells us that they can be problematic. Now, some women, 27% of women, we think, sail through menopause without much of a problem at all. Okay. Yeah, how lucky but are they, right? <laughs> how lucky are they? <laughs> yeah. And it's hard for them to understand what other women go through because it wasn't their experience, much like mm -hmm. the women who don't get depressed or irritable at the end of their menstrual cycles can't understand why some women do, because that's not their experience. So, you know, one message to, to your listeners is we really need to be kind um, to, yeah. to women as they share their differing experiences and we don't want to negate them. Um, yes. My experience isn't your experience. And just because I didn't expect to experience something doesn't mean you won't. So yeah. these hot flashes last a long time. And you know what happens when we have them at night? We wake up. <laughs> Yes. 75% of the time we have these hot flashes, we wake up. Yeah, it disturbs it, your sleep. It disturbs your sleep. And this is shown in research studies as well, where we monitor the hot flashes with wearable devices and we monitor the sleep with wearable devices. And we see that, you know, awakenings occur with these yes. hot flashes 75% mm -hmm. of the time. So what does that mean? It means let's take your average black woman and let's say she experiences those hot flashes for 10 years. So that means night after night, week after week, month after month, she has sleep disturbance related to these hot flashes. Mm -hmm. And unless she gets that treated, she's going to continue to have, you know, the sleep disturbance and what happens when we're sleep deprived, Jody? You don't need a PhD in neuroscience to know what happens to our cognition when we're sleep deprived. <laughs> oh, yes, it slows it goes down, down tremendously. Yes. That's mm -hmm. right. It goes it, our memories uh, our memory isn't as good. We don't pay attention as much. Um so part of the reason that hot flashes are associated with cognitive problems is because hot flashes disturb sleep. However, our work shows that there's also a direct association. In other words, even if a woman is not having too much sleep problems, too many sleep problems, the hot flashes do predict her memory performance. We don't quite understand why that is, but we do know that they're associated with changes in the brain. Um, so those brain changes may be causing it, or it could be that it's just something about, it, it's not a causal association. It could be that some women are vulnerable to cognitive problems and to hot flashes. We don't know yet. This is where the science needs to take us next. Right. So that's exactly why we need to continue this research and get on the bandwagon and the horn and let everybody knows that 
we need to pay close attention to menopause, take it seriously. And when you were talking about being kind to women who are going through this, uh, this phase of life, well, now that we know better, we can do better. And that's one of the reasons for podcasts like this is just to get the word out because you are correct. Uh, you got the period talk, but you didn't get the menopause talk. Now, Dr. Mackey, I won't really want to go back to this cognitive uh, decline that you have found in your research. And the reason I want to go back to that is because, of course, my podcast is geared towards C-suite women. So those mm -hmm. usually are women who are functioning at the highest level. As they say, they're That's in right. verified error. Mm -hmm. And many of them have, uh, I guess you could say they pride themselves on being uh, intellectuals. Like my favorite picture, let me tell you, is the bell-shaped curve. So we're talking about all of your life. You've been everyone to the right. You've been on the right of the bell shaped curve. In kindergarten, yes. you were on the honor roll all the way up to college. And um, you got where you were because you are very bright. You're very smart. You're very intellectual. Mm -hmm. So when your body starts changing and you get this brain fog, that's yes. really scary because you pride yourself on being able to remember everything, being able to recall fast, 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 facts, facts, facts. You, you are able to uh, process information, but when you haven't gotten that sleep and those <laughs> hot flashes have kept you up all night, and now we know it's may, it may not necessarily be just because you were up all night, but you worry. So oh. the... Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, that's that's really scary. And, and for me, myself, it's devastating because the first thing you think is um, Alzheimer's. You say, oh, my God, is this early Alzheimer's? Mm -hmm. What's going on? And it really can throw you into a deep depression. So Indeed. With, so with that, um, I, I, I just can't understand, and maybe you can help me, why it's taken so long for us to just start recognizing the seriousness of menopause. Why do you think? Yeah. So, so let me first say thank you for, for sharing those, um, th that dialogue that we have with ourselves yes. when we're having these experiences in the fear and anxiety that we have, that these cognitive lapses, these memory problems have something to do with maybe a dementia that we're either starting to get or we're at risk for later on. Well, let me tell you, that's not what's going on. Okay. That, <laughs> that is not, that is not what's going on. And if there's one message that your listenership can get from this podcast is that there is a tremendous amount of misinformation in the public sphere that says that women should be worried when they have these memory problems, because it means that it's, you know, bad for their brain and they're at an increased risk for Alzheimer's disease. There is not evidence to suggest that. There, right. there, there really isn't. That out. Yes, yes. And let's think about it logically. You've got these C-suite women, so they'll get the logic of this. If the shutdown of the ovaries causes dementia, then how many women should get dementia later in life? All, All of them. <laughs> and do they? They don't. No. <laughs> they don't, right? They don't. So there is not a one-to-one -one relationship between your ovary shutting down 
and memory problems. Now, that being said, about 60%, 40 to 60% of women, depending on the study, do have cognitive complaints, do complain of forgetfulness that is much worse than when their periods are regular. What does that mean? It means that that experience is perfectly normal. Great. Perfectly normal. It's normal. Mm -hmm. Right? So we need to be kind to ourselves and say, oh, okay, that's brain fog of menopause. And then also follow that up with, I'm not getting Alzheimer's disease. Okay. Okay? So so what can we do about that? Well, you're going to get into you're going to yes, get that's into the segue into right into that. Yes. That's my next question. What can we do? Yeah. So, you know, this is menopause is a time in our life, especially for those bright, incredibly talented C-suite women where we can say, okay, looks like I'm aging. <laughs> you know, this is kind of a concrete sign of that. And uh, we say, okay, so I have to pay attention to my health a little bit more because I'm not as young as I used to be. And I want to age the best way that I can. I want to be my best self as as we age. So that includes consideration of multiple aspects of our health, including our brain health. So what can we say about brain health? Well, one of the big determinants of how our brain ages and how we uh, how we how well we remember as we age is the quality of our sleep. Okay, so sleep is key here. So one thing I want to encourage women to do is if they are one of the many women whose sleep is disturbed night after night after night because they're having these hot flashes, which are so normal, right? 80% of women have them. If it's disturbing their sleep, they, they have to get that taken care of. So they need to talk to a provider and discuss hormonal op- options for that. And there's a new non-hormonal um, FDA approved drug for it. Um, I wish I could tell you, Jody, that you just can't need to eat soy and meditate and all of that. And as somebody who eats a lot of soy and meditates, <laughs> um, I'll tell you that those things don't work. So um, it's also important that women don't go for therapies that aren't effective because our work shows that it doesn't matter if you're bothered by your hot flash or not. Your bother from it doesn't matter for your brain health. Your brain doesn't want to see those hot flashes. So um, what do we do? We can, you know, just take either a hormone therapy or a non-hormonal intervention for hot flashes for as long as those hot flashes are around and then we can go off of it. Um, So, so that's one option. Right. So Dr. Mackey, let me just pause right there because right now we are talking about treatments and therapies. Um, so the hormonal options, um, I was talking to my doctor about that and then, you know, your doctor, you are a doctor, but they usually ask, what's your history? And my, my mom died of breast cancer and Mm -hmm. so did her mother. So Mm -hmm. they, the estrogen therapies, they say, maybe that's something you shouldn't do because of the history of cancer in your family. Yeah. Now, now, what do you say to that? 
Yeah, so if we look to the North American Menopause Society, now called the Menopause Society Hormone Therapy Guidelines, um, there is an elevated risk of breast cancer with hormone therapy. Um, however, the study, the largest study did not show that that risk was heightened if a woman had a maternal history of breast cancer. Okay. So in other words, um, if you compared women whose moms had breast cancer and whether those women had a higher rate of breast cancer on hormone therapy, you didn't see it. That being said, you know, maybe if somebody has a genetic risk factor for breast cancer that, you know, makes them more sensitive to estrogen in that way, mm -hmm. you know, it's absolutely reasonable for them to not want to go on it. For the menopause practitioners who treat a lot of women um, in this situation, they go for um, this formulation, um, which is conjugated equine estrogen plus this basidoxyphene. So normally in a hormone therapy, if you have a uterus, you don't just get estrogen, you get estrogen plus progesterone because that progesterone protects your uterus against cancer. So that's really important that you have protection. So okay. hormone therapy has the two together. Well, mm -hmm. there's one formulation that takes that progesterone away and gives something called a designer estrogen. Um, and that's called basidoxyphene. And that basidoxyphene has actually been shown in some basic science studies to be protective against breast cancer. And so um, that's, that's a really good option for women who are concerned about breast cancer um, is this CEEBZA. Now, the unfortunate thing is that this is really widely known among those few menopause-trained doctors, but your, your average OBGYN does not necessarily prescribe this formulation. So it can help for women to, to ask for that particular formulation. So it's BZA. Right. Um, yeah. Okay, so then we're down to the last question, but Dr. Mackey, the, my last question actually was like, what is it we sh should we be asking our, our doctors? Because I'm going to tell you from experience and from other women that I've talked to, uh, menopause is not even brought up and we don't know to bring it up. But um, now I guess with podcasts like this and getting the word out, um, we really, there are certain questions we should ask, or there are certain mm -hmm. things we should tell our, our doctors. Now, one thing for sure is with C-suites women, I can tell you from experience, we're so busy, we neglect our bodies and we have to be yes. almost bedridden before we go to the doctor. Yes. And when we do make the appointment to go to the doctor, we're rushing, looking at the our watch. We're just yes. we just want to get in and out. We don't want to ask any questions. We're good. We're good. We're good. But we're going to have to slow down, listen to our bodies, keep those doctor's appointments. But mm -hmm. still, it seems that we're going to have to advocate for ourselves because these are just not questions that the doctors ask. Like, well, how are you? Are you menopausal? What's going on? They just don't ask. So uh, I'm glad that you are here today. I'm glad that. I have this podcast and I'm going to push it out as much as I can because um, 
this is a real serious issue and I am going to do everything I can to support all efforts to make sure that the research continues, but more importantly, that the uh, health providers are educated and this becomes a question that they bring up. So in your practice, how do you bring it up or, or what, or you can tell me this, what questions should we ask our doctors? So I think when women um, have questions about menopause, it can be helpful for them to implicitly educate their doctor. So the listeners of your podcast can say, my periods are no longer regular, so I think I'm early perimenopausal, or I'm skipping periods, so I think I'm late perimenopausal, or um, I'm having some pretty bad hot flashes. I counted this many yesterday, and I want to discuss solutions um, for this problem with you. I want to discuss mm -hmm. hormonal and non-hormonal options. Um, I think um, opening it up in that manner, I would love to tell you that we've made a big dent in the last couple of years in the training of our healthcare providers. I honestly don't blame them for not knowing it because it started in medical school 20 years ago when they stopped mm -hmm. teaching um, much about menopause. When hormones became a pariah thing to discuss, they just stopped talking about menopause because they felt that there was very little that they could offer women. Now, thankfully, there's much more awareness in recent, just the past couple of years, and people are talking about it, but the workforce hasn't kept up with it. If women need um, a menopause um, practitioner, they can go to menopause.org. That's the Menopause Society website. And there's a web page that says find a menopause practitioner. And you put mm -hmm. in your zip code and it'll tell you what providers near you are trained, certified by this organization to be able to have an informed conversation with you about menopause. So I encourage your listeners um, to do that. We have many in the Chicagoland area for your listeners who are here in the Chicagoland area, but they're all over the United States. So that's where you're probably going to get your best care is from somebody who's taken the exam, knows how to you know, discuss risks and benefits, knows how to make informed decisions um, with you and dialogue with you. Uh, and can answer questions about myriad menopausal symptoms. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Mackey. You certainly have enlightened us today. And I wholeheartedly support your work and your efforts. And again, I'm going to do everything I can to get this word out to the She Sweet community. Um, people know where to find you. Dr. Mackey, you're on LinkedIn, correct? I am on LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm at the University of Illinois at Chicago. Right. Okay. So everybody, this brings our podcast to a close, but I would like you to do me a favor. How about liking me on Facebook, connect with me on LinkedIn and subscribe to my YouTube channel. That is Jody Hood. And again, one more time, Dr. Mackey, I thank you so much for your work and she sweets. Remember we are coming at the C suites. Until next time. CEO, and we're coming Thank your you, way to share our stories in leadership. So we walk in the wall, talking the talk, being the boss.